what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Nice. <laughs> not bad. It's not technically cheating then, is it? <laughs> Can't cheat with the toaster. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder who's going to tell that. <laughs> what, what, did he say cheat with the Dyson? He said, what about yeah. a Dyson? <laughs> yeah, he said you could cheat with a robot, but what about a Dyson? Well, it's only taken you guys two years to figure out why I like him so much. <laughs> Proper amount of suction, clearly. <laughs> it's the only... It's got the right size, I mean... All right, on that note, this is the Cigar Tipster Show. Uh, junior, senior, Kirk, Ben, everybody is in the house uh, for two shows in a row. That's a miracle <clears throat> in and of itself. But uh, real quick, before I forget about it, the folks at uh, 66 Cigar out of Missouri officially started smoking again today inside their shop, so congratulations to those guys. Yay! Now, where are they located in Missouri again? Uh, shit, I could have told you uh, about four shows ago. Yeah. Sunrise City or something to the effect of that. It's, it's in St. Louis County. Is that the oh, one next okay. to the lot to be up close to St. Louis. Well, the reason I ask, I'm in Springfield or will be in Springfield tomorrow uh, for three or four days. I'm in Kabul, Missouri tonight. Hey, you should you should check them out, Mark, and then uh, when you meet them, encourage them to uh, look into online sales for uh, for us brothers up here with terrible taxes. Yeah. I might try. Also, uh, you should also um, encourage them to come on fucking podcasts if they get invited to. Uh, they wimped out on the podcast, which if they listen to one, I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. But, but in all seriousness, hopefully their problem with the Yentas next door has been solved. Yep, I saw they had a, I saw a picture of a, a crane lifting on onto their roof, some sort of big uh, air, air handling unit. So, yeah. Sorry, what? I think God knows how much money they had to put into that. Exactly. I mean, they they really had to do, dig deep. I think. I'm thinking between uh, air filters inside. If they had to redo any of the walls to get better uh, fireproofing to keep the smoke from leaking through the walls, and then a handling unit on the roof. We're talking probably ten, fifteen thousand dollars easy. Wow. And that's ridiculous. And they're trying to get rid of smoke for a. Isn't it a a salon that also does nails and everything else. Correct. Yeah, and ha- half the ladies go outside and smoke count. cigarettes on the break. Yeah, and the place smells like warmed over ass, yeah. and they're worried about a little cigar smoke. Yeah, it smells like burnt hair and uh, yeah. hairspray. Yeah, and that shit they do with the nails. Oh yeah. I don't. But I guess nail polish remover or whatever. God, that stuff smells. Well, I would say this: they. Uh, they they wear masks when they do that shit for a reason. Yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah, I've yet to see anybody. I, I haven't had my nails done lately, but yeah, my uh, cuticles are getting really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Better get after that. <laughs> Don't want to get all gnarly. <laughs> so, but before we go any further, I want to brag about the cigar I'm, I just lit up. I uh. I went deep in the humidor today and picked out a, a P Triple C, so it's the uh, the 2007 Camacho Liberty. 
Is that what you're going to smoke tonight? Yeah, it's, it's what I'm puffing on right now. It's uh, To me, this was a... I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit in case folks aren't familiar. So, uh, you know, Camacho uh, every year comes out with a limited batch called the Liberty Series. And uh, 2007, and, and so a little bit about the Liberty, they, they come in coffins, and they're, the presentation is really nice, but it's it's one cigar per coffin, and you know that you kind of pay for it because they are hard to find and the presentation is nice. But in 2007, it was a barber pole, and <clears throat> you know at the time they were probably about as popular as all the rest of the liberties, which mixed mixed bag, right? Well, what happened, I guess? So the story goes, uh, a company, a different cigar company, at some point, uh, a company called Lost and Found, bought up all the remaining. Uh, 2007 Liberties and other limited batch cigars and then they sat on them for a long long time I want to say eight or nine years and uh, they repackaged them they took all the banding and stuff off repackaged them renamed them and then they sold them as something different and um, what they sold the 2007 Camacho as is called the P triple C it stands for the pepper cream chocolate crush which is a kind of a funny name obviously but I think what they were doing was choosing some of the more dominant flavors and then making it into a funny catchy name and uh, the first time I had a PCCC I was incredibly skeptical I, I had never smoked an actual 2007 Camacho at the time so I didn't have anything to compare it to but the PCCC just it was incredible I mean one of it was a game changer for me in fact um, I was starting to think that cigars were getting a little bit boring, and this one kind of woke me up again to how great they can be. So if anyone sees a 2007 Camacho Liberty or a PCCC, it's a must-buy. Uh, whatever, whatever it costs, you got to buy it. Hmm. Weren't those uh, shaped like a baseball bat one year, or am I mixing up a different one? Uh, that, that, I don't think that was a Liberty. I think that was just another one of their... Um, so. So Camacho paired with, uh, well, they continue to pair with a lot of sporting people. Um, I want to say they had like a Ditka. Was that yeah, Camacho? I've seen those before. Yeah. yeah, like Camacho paired with Ditka, and they came up with something. I think a few years prior to that, they paired with um, some baseball Hall of Famer. I, I, I don't know which one it was, but because of that, they started rolling a few like specialty baseball or baseball bat-shaped cigars. Brett Favre. But. <laughs> Brett Favre, that's right. Yes, I think it was Brett Favre, the year Brett Favre made it into the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Showing our sports knowledge tonight. Yeah, that was, that was before he played for the Minnesota Timberwolves basketball team. <laughs> uh, speaking of bragging on the cigar, last weekend I smoked the, uh, and I'd actually been carrying this thing around for about five Four or five months. The uh, the leaf by Oscar Sumatra, and I can honestly say that's one of the best ones I've had probably in the last five or six months. Have you tried really? the other leaf cigars? The, no, I've had was, them. Uh, uh, senior was telling me he had the Maduro. It was really good. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were going to describe the Sumatra a little bit. No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in all actuality, it was, it was really, really smooth. 
uh, had just enough spice to keep it interesting. wasn't overwhelming by any means. Uh, really great medium cigar. Didn't have any complaints out of it. Burn was perfect. Uh, the wrapper presentation where it's wrapped in a leaf is cute, but sort of a pain in the ass at the same time. You liked. You also liked the um, the Rocky Patel Edge Sumatra, if I remember correctly. Was this in a similar vein? I haven't had an Edge Sumatra in a while, so I would hesitate to answer that. But uh, I don't know. Between now and the next podcast, I'll try a cool. Sumatra again and report I, back. Yeah, I just remember you you saying that you liked the Edge Sumatra. I just. Um, I don't yeah, the Sumatra and the Habano are my uh, two favorites. Yeah, the go-to for Edge. And doesn't uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk for a little bit and let, let you guys kind of fill me in. And I should know the answer for this, but I don't think I do. Um, so we've got the Edge Sumatra, we've got the Kristoff Sumatra, and now we've got Mark trying the Leaf Sumatra. And um, I don't know, I. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into a cigar other than the wrapper. But um, if, have any of you guys tried the Kristoff Sumatra? It's the Kristoff with the red band. I believe I have a long time ago. Yeah, I, same here. Yeah. I, I so, don't know. I never owned a box. So I liked almost every single Kristoff cigar except the Sumatra. I found it very harsh. I don't know, maybe spicy, maybe just too bold. I don't know, not very good. And then I liked the Edge, the Rocky Patel Edge Sumatra. So now we've got similar wrapper leaves that just are giving me a completely different experience, and obviously it has to do with the uh, binder and filler, but I was just wondering if you guys have had any experiences like that too where you just know you like or dislike a certain type of tobacco, and then you have a different cigar that changes your mind altogether. One that comes to mind would be the uh, San Andreas wrapper. Uh, Junior and I both were a fan of it, but the uh, Luchador that Sam Lucia puts out is has a San Andreas wrapper, and we both tried it, and neither one of us liked it. Is that the one with the like the wrestler mask? Yeah, it looks like a Mexican Luchador uh, mask. So that one didn't do it for you, huh? Nope. Didn't, no, didn't care. We even went back and tried it several times, uh, thinking we might have gotten them out of bad, out of a bad batch or something. But we just never, never quite enjoyed that one. Hmm. Well, it's good to know because that's one that I see talked about often on online like blogs and such. And yep. <laughs> when you said Kristoff, it, it reminded me of one that really is good, and that's the. Uh, Christoph Maduro Lancero. Oh, baby. That is, that is pure fucking excellence right there. You're absolutely right. Uh, speaking of uh, Lanceros, I had a uh, Rocky Patel 20th anniversary in the Lancero the other day. How was it? Really good. I really enjoyed that one. I'm, I'm in, in my opinion, much better than the 15th anniversary they did. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, back back up, senior. 
I was gonna I was gonna ask you to to describe the twentieth a little bit, but now I know you're just full of crap. If it's you you said it's, <laughs> you said it's way better than the fifteenth. In my personal opinion, it is better than the fifteenth. It can be better. I just I can't imagine many cigars being way better, but. You've got me intrigued now. So the I don't even know if I've seen the 20th anniversary. What color is the band? Uh, black. Black. It's, okay. I think it's got black and maybe silver on it or something like that. I can't remember all the details. But. Is it a, uh, a limited batch, like hard to find kind of thing? Uh, you caught me off guard because I really don't know. I wasn't even going to talk about it tonight. <laughs> it was oh, that's, just one. That's okay. I was uh, I stopped at a uh, shop there in uh, Memphis. And just noticed them, and he had two different sizes, and one of them was the Lancero, and it's like, eh, definitely got to give it a shot. And was pleased that I did. That's awesome. But I'll, I'll get some more information and report back. That's okay. The, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I know that they've had incredible success with some of their anniversary blends. The 15th anniversary was really big. You guys remember the 50th, the 5-0 anniversary? Um, yeah. With the orange? Yep. Never yeah. had it, but I remember it. Yeah, those cigars were expensive, but uh, pretty darn good. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd, if I had to choose, I think I'd rather have two of the 15th anniversary than one of the 50th. But um, it was still a darn good cigar. So I'm not, not surprised to hear that the 20th is also enjoyable. Well, and speaking of all these cigars that we love, we need to in just a minute or two on the FDA and the continued fight against their option one regulations. Uh, there's a couple of petitions floating around. Uh, actually, the CRA petition created by Glenn, uh, Glenn Loop, the uh, CEO of CRA, uh, only 18,576 signatures out of the 100,000 goal that it needs to get on the president's desk. That is uh, discouraging. Yeah, it, it's been there for several weeks, and well, it's just not, it's just not picking up steam, and it needs to happen by June 10th, I believe. Well, the, if I can chime in, sorry, Mark, if I can chime in on that for just a second, part of the reason with that is you have to jump through too many fucking hoops to get your signature on the petition. I mean, I have a limited attention span, as obvious by the podcast, but you're you're constantly having to fill out this, fill out that, wanting more email, got to do this. I mean, make it a little bit easier for Joe Average out here that's dealing with his cell phone, doesn't have a laptop in front of him at the time. Because you sign it, and then they send you an email that you have to open up to confirm the signature, and, yep. and then and they hit accept. And I know, you know, if you're tech savvy and you do this all the time, you know, it's not a big deal. But if you want to gain a hundred thousand signatures, you know, there's maybe ten thousand people that do it regularly. They're just like, okay, sign, click, you know, and keep it very, very simple. So I would agree with that. Well, and the the other problem is there's two. Two petitions floating around. One is to get Congress to stop option one, uh, and the one that we're discussing now is to get the president to stop the option one. And then you have this other website that has popped up in the last couple of weeks, uh, savetheleaf.org, 
with their really pushy Facebook bullshit. And th that is the other part of the problem, is you've got people coming from every fucking direction trying to attack this when we need to get everybody on one page in one group, one set of signatures. It's very fragmented because you can go on and make your own petition. So if I've got you know, 15 petitions for the same thing and everyone's trying to sign, there could be you know, 50,000 signatures among them that mean the same goal, but they need to all be on the same, quote, page. Yep, and that's what I was going to point out. I'm glad you guys brought this up because right after the FDA came out with its announcement, I went out and signed some petition like within 24 hours. And then I saw all these other petitions floating around Facebook, and I thought for a while that, oh, I'm good. I've already done my part. Uh, different then, petitions. Yeah, then came to find out that there are different petitions out there. And so, <clears throat> I mean, kind of to Senior's point, too, I'm not willing to spend a whole lot of time clicking through these petitions and figuring out which ones I've signed and haven't signed. But, you know, I ended up clicking on another one and, and signing it just to be sure, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I kind of wonder, maybe, maybe a gig too many people kind of trying to do the right thing started too many different petitions and now we've got maybe maybe the west coast has one the east coast has one who knows um, we're well, splitting, splitting efforts so not everyone's fighting to say this is the actual but nobody knows what the real petition is and which one's the one that needs to get submitted they're just signing petitions all over the place and it's very fragmented yep. well, and that, that's the biggest part of the problem is you've got all these different people coming from different directions it's just it's a fucking mess right now, and in those early days when the regulations first came out, you might have gotten 100,000 signatures, but they were on 30 different petitions. You yeah. know, there was 10,000 here, 10,000 there, 18,000 over here, and yeah. it's just not going to work that way. And the problem is, I don't... You, you made the mention of some people wanting to do the right thing, and I don't think some of these people are coming at it from that perspective. I think some of these people are coming at it to be to be the, the the Lord and Savior of the cigar industry and to get whatever money is involved in being that. Yeah, there well, are some, you know, there are, uh, and you know, I, I'm not going to go ahead and say I dislike this type of behavior, but I would say that on a lot of the blogs that I follow, there is a a very people are spending a lot of time and energy fighting the name of the FDA. They're, they're making t-shirts that say, fuck the FDA. They're, you know, I mean, that's where their energy is going, is towards hating the FDA. Instead of that, I, I, I just see that as wasted effort, you know? I mean... You don't um, want to shut down the entire FDA. I don't care, but you want to focus on the problem because of the, the, the decision the FDA made on yeah. what we need to fight. The entire FDA, you know... It, that's kind of a moot point. That's a general, blanketed, unfocused hatred. We need to focus our hatred and pinpoint it specifically for option one. Now, my question is, because of this new of, of the, I guess there's one main petition that everyone needs to sign that we're you know eighty thousand signatures short. Uh, is that to reverse option one? Is that the petition that they want to put on the president's desk to reverse it, or what is that petition actually? referring to do. Yeah, basically it's a petition if you reach 100,000 signatures in a certain amount of time it supposedly gets put on the president's desk and basically what it's asking him to do is abolish the entire 
FDA regulation of the cigar industry, option one, all that crap. Hmm. I think there's also another <clears throat> petition, or maybe it's just another vote, another bill in Congress right now that's going around that if passed would, right now they've got the, uh, I guess they're calling it the grandfather date set back in 2007. Anything newer than t 2007 is, would need to get approved by the FDA. So this this bill that's currently working its way through, or maybe it was a petition, would reverse that and make it today's date. So, you know, as of today, all existing blends are fine as is. But moving forward, everything would have to comply with FDA regs. Even that would be a victory of some kind. Absolutely. That would be a huge victory just for that alone. I mean, imagine all of the boutique cigars that we've come to know and love in the last 10 years, which is, for me, that's my entire cigar smoking career. Um, any yeah. new cigar boutique that's popped up is risking th their entire business, truly. When the FDA takes control and they have to submit all of their blends to the FDA to get approved, um, I, I just, you know, it it's too much, honestly. It's too much for a small company. It might be too much for these big companies who make cigars. Uh, so. And speaking of the petition that we're referring to, I just tweeted out the link to that. Uh, at Cigar Tipster on Twitter, you can find the direct link to the petition we are talking about right now. It needs 81,000 signatures by June the 10th in order to accomplish anything. So if you want to yeah. save the cigar industry as you know it, go sign this thing. Well, and another thing that needs to happen is the shop that I was in in Memphis, which... Uh, is a pretty good size little shop there and just out of my interest to see what they were saying I asked the person that rang up the sale I said what impact do you think the new FDA regulations are gonna have on the shop itself and I got a deer and headlights look so I mean these shop owners need to be educating their staff to have at least some knowledge of what's going on and, you know, offer up these petitions. They need to be thrown in and helping as well. So the shops themselves aren't even familiar with what's yeah, going on. Yeah, I mean, the, the lady that rang me up, and I've seen her in there numerous times, um, she hadn't known that there was any kind of new regulations or anything. That's, wow. pretty, that's pretty disappointing. That's sad. Yeah, I was with that, you know. And I took, you know, five, ten minutes and kind of explained to her what was going on and uh, I told her, I said, you know, I can't remember what she called the guy's name that owns the shop, but I said, get with him. He should have considerable amount of information on it considering it's his livelihood. You would think so. I uh, run across an interesting article the other day on uh, dailycaller.com written by a gentleman named Guy Bentley and it, it's on this whole subject, but he notes in his article that by the FDA's own appraisal, these new regulations would wipe out somewhere between 10 and 50% of the products that we know now because it won't be cost-effective to put you know, the products through the FDA review. So basically, we'll get half of what we're used to getting in a year. The FDA thinks that they might get, they project 198 premium cigar applications per year once all this stuff kicks in, uh, 
So we, <laughs> you know, we're getting hundreds, if not maybe a thousand, some odd new products a year from all these various companies, and we're talking about knocking that down to uh, 200. He also says that you know the premium cigar industry is composed of big players, but many small businesses and boutique brands, many of which will get chucked by the wayside. So I just I just can't see how they can look at this and say, okay, we're going to crush this section of the American economy. You know, we're just going to wipe all these people out. International economy. I mean, the production is going to slow down to a screeching halt and to a crawl. Um, the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. I mean, just there's no need to produce them, you know, uh, as much if 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 it's going to take two years to get one line certified pending it gets passes, and and somehow the FDA thinks yes, this entire economic downfall is it's going to be fine. How how <laughs> how do you wake up in the morning and think yes, this is a good idea? <laughs> It's funny too. I mean, 200 new lines a year, like that's that's only enough for Gurkha and their releases. And they suck. So I mean, I mean, that's the, they release 200 new cigars every year. So come on, that, that, I don't I don't get a single laugh off that. 200. Uh, it was true, unfortunately. <laughs> and half yeah. of it just boxes, you know, in in the fancy chests that they make. Yeah. Hey, so actually, I I heard something too. Uh, and again. I didn't vet this. I just saw it on Facebook somewhere. But um, some of these cigar online giants, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but none of them are doing anything about this FDA regulation. They're, there's nothing on their websites about it. There's no petitions, no mention of it. It's business as usual. And uh, the theory there is that <clears throat> these FDA regulations are not going to hurt them uh, because... Yes, it will. I don't know. I mean, people are going to buy cigars. Okay, here, here's, here's, here's my argument. Fact one, people will buy cigars. Um, fact two, when you buy online, you don't see a box of cigars. You just see the cigar or however the online people want you to see it, right? So you're not going to see these boxes full of disgusting images. Um, and fact three, nobody has more inventory than our online providers. So where a, a, a brick and mortar might have 150 lines to offer, let's say 20% of those lines become hard to maintain because you know they're going through their FDA approval process. Well, online, they don't care. They offer 1,500 different products. And so if 20% of them go away, that they still have you know 1,100 or 1,200 products to offer. Uh, so, I mean, plus, plus, the FDA is eliminating, you know, a lot of your competition. Tons of it. How many brick yeah, and they're, mortars? They're eliminating them for you. So. Yeah. How many brick and mortars are going to close when this thing passes? And there's no way to push, uh, like, higher taxes. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that if they're able to have this type of grasp on the brick and mortar stores. I think their next target is going to be somehow online because they're not just going to. I don't think they're just going to let that go. It's going to be regulated somehow. They're going to get their fingers in it, you know, it's just slowly but surely. Is what I'm seeing next. Just to. Yeah, I would agree with that. But the the initial the initial offering here doesn't even talk talk about online sales. So the online guys are like, oh cool, I'm going to be rich, and 
It's going to be awesome. It's going to bite them in the ass. And the fact that, and it's actually kind of a shock, the fact that they sell these products, but they don't want to forewarn people, you know, that on their website, hey, by the way, the FDA is fucking over the cigar industry. Uh, you may want to get on board. There should be giant, you know, flashes and, and links that, hey, click here to, you know, that, that petition and sign here. You know, because it's still their livelihood. And even if you lost 20%, it's still 20% that you, you still wouldn't want to lose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to, to me, if, if the online guys are serious about stopping this, they would have links on their website. And honestly, they could probably get 100,000 signatures, I don't know, in a few days, just because of the no, amount of clicks they have. If they sent an email out to all their clients, just one quick email, hey, you know, petition sign out, and no business, online or otherwise, is too big to fail, period. It's just not. So if it, if it affects your business, you need to be aware of it. And, it's, and like what you were saying, uh, Senior, that you know you go to these shops and they're unaware of what's... How, this is exactly what you do. It affects you completely. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's your livelihood and you're putting it at risk by not even educating your staff. Yeah. Yeah, the word should be spread a lot more by now. I would have thought that the whole cigar industry would come together as as one to rise up and slay the FDA. But well, everyone's just kind of like, uh, okay, whatever. And it's like they're not really, they don't understand the depth of the concern that is in front. Like well, really and the, a big part of that problem, too, is now you're behind the curve because now you're trying to change something that's put in place. Instead of preventing instead it. Of, instead of preventing it. And it's a hell of a lot easier to prevent something than it is, especially when you're talking politics and government, than it is to deal with it after the fact. You know, I would have thought, too, with, um, like, what the hell is going on in Ybor City right now? Like, Ybor City is an entire fucking city that's propped up on the cigar industry. Like, half of their fucking residents either roll cigars or came from prominent cigar families in Cuba or Dominican Republic. Like, I mean, I don't know what the population of Ybor City is, but it's probably damn close to, I don't know, 50, 60, maybe even 100,000 people. Like, what the hell is going on that these people are not getting involved? Yeah, they should be on the front line, if anything. Or I mean... I mean, have you guys been to Ybor City? Like, no joke, the entire city is... They have a main street, you know, buildings on both sides of the main street. You walk down it, it's either a bar or it's a cigar shop. And if it's a cigar shop, it has a glass window, and you can look through that window and see people rolling cigars right there. You know? I mean, that's what... It's got to be... I don't know. I mean, I know Ybor City is not that huge. I'm probably exaggerating when I say 50,000 people or whatever. But still, it's an entire city propped up on... It's a tourist attraction based on cigars. So... It's... I'm baffled at our numbers. Yeah, I'm looking online. Apparently, Ybor City is uh, fuming over the proposed FDA rules, but I haven't heard anything. It, they have signs on their shops. It looks like it's a Save This Factory, Take Action Today, SaveCigarCity.com. So, Interesting. Um, there's actually uh, so they, another on their clock towers and things uh, on the J.C. Newman Cigar Company to comment on the FDA's proposed rules about tobacco products. So it looks like they're at least doing some type of advertising about it. Maybe, maybe maybe we're going to luck out. Maybe like like we pointed out earlier in the podcast, I bet there are a hundred different efforts going on right now, 
And who knows, maybe when you add up all the efforts, maybe we're already at like half a million people, you know? But the partition, the, or excuse me, the, uh... Yeah, but if it is and it's not together as, as one, it, you know, you may have 100,000 signatures between 10 petitions, but we need everyone on the same page because now we have to validate who's the actual petition to look at and it's, you know, it's still confusing. It's too many ships that spoil the soup. Perhaps. I mean, I, I'd like to think that the government could be like, okay, well, there's a hundred different petitions out there. They all have sixteen thousand signatures. Therefore, we're good. But maybe not. We are talking about the government now. It's true. Yeah. And that's their quick and easy way to say, well, this one doesn't have enough. Chunk it. This one doesn't have enough. Chunk it. You know. Yeah. It's not a hundred thousand, so the hell with it. You know. Yeah. None of good. these have enough signatures, so we're not paying attention to any of them. True. Again, wow. back to the original point was, you know, had it been preventive and they had that much action beforehand, maybe. Then that, you know, even the ones with 10, 15,000 signatures would have got some attention. But now that it's after the fact, they don't, they don't have to appease anybody. So at what, at what point does the cigar industry form something as powerful as the NRA? <laughs> They've got to. If they have any chance of, and I mean, yeah, you threw out the NRA, so I mean, and they're still having uphill battles every day with gun rights, as big as they are. I mean, they, they compare them, they say that's the 800-pound gorilla in the room when the NRA walks in. Well, the CRA is the closest thing the tobacco industry has to that, and they're small peanuts compared to yep. the size of the NRA. Well, the unfortunate thing, yeah, the NRA probably, you know, I'm going to throw out some numbers that I haven't checked, but I'm guessing half the people in America own at least one gun. Um, uh, it's considerably more than that, actually. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking like 150 million people or more versus the cigar industry. I think, I think it's safe to say that 1% of Americans smoke cigars, but when you say that, it's, it's, when you say someone smokes a cigar, what does that mean? Does that mean that they're on a on a blog involved trying new stuff writing writing reviews or does that mean that you know when when their buddies are getting married that they go back and have one cigar you know um, and so it's you know even if it is one percent of the US population that's only three million people three point five million something like that um, and now now take half of those people at least and throw them out the window because yes they are a cigar smoker but they only smoke twice a year and they're probably not involved with any cigar pages online. Um, no, you know they, do. they don't. They might not have. They might not have any idea this is going on. I think it's so bass backwards that the country will allow my state, Tennessee, to vote to have an open carry without a permit. I can walk around the city like like a cowboy with a gun on my side with no permit, and that's fine. But if I have a cigar, no, 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 no. We can't have that kind of shit running around. That is pretty funny. Um, um, why do I... So I can shoot someone, but I can't I can't enjoy a glass of scotch with a smoke. <laughs> yeah, so, secondhand smoke is more deadly than guns. It's more deadly than a bullet. Uh, not really following the balance here. Did we um, lose Junior? Or is he, like, just taking a shit or something? Oh, I'm just listening. You guys are... Steering the show just fine. <laughs> I miss your voice. Ben's point on the the Tennessee thing is, you guys know I drive back and forth across Tennessee all the time. 
I'll see yep. at least at least three times a week somebody open carrying. Now whether they've got a permit or not, I don't know. But well, they don't need to now. They used to, and they no, may. They uh, actually have one, but you, it's not necessary. So you can just walk around like fucking Wyatt Earp with guns and And Alabama's getting Alabama's getting is bad. They're they're doing similar to that. I had Please. a uh, I had a guy and girl uh, a couple come into my cigar shop with uh, with open carry. The guy had some huge ass revolver on his hip, and the girl had some pink little thing. And I'm not gonna lie, I mean, it was odd. I you know I hadn't seen it a lot, um, but it made me a little bit uneasy. I don't know why, but it did. I think well, it's stupid because you're the biggest target in the room now. I was going to say that, now, you know, I carry a gun. I, I carry concealed, though, because to me, open carry, just shoot, it's basically saying shoot me first. Yeah. The whole point is to conceal it. That way nobody exactly. knows. People can assume you're armed, and they don't know if you are. I think that's that little fear, I think, is the point. But otherwise, if you say, hey, I have a gun, oh, well, I'm going to hit you first then because you're my biggest threat. I don't know. Yeah, good point. Thinks they're like a Texas Ranger or whatever. Is it just handguns, or could they carry around like uh, AR-15 strapped to their back? No, uh, no, that's Cuba. Here it's just uh, it's just handguns. Um, I don't think you can walk around with a with a sawed off or anything like that. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, enough of that depressing fucking topic. Drew uh, State <laughs> is getting ready to release a new cigar called the Florida Sun Grown. Uh, it's being rolled with a Brazilian wrapper, a Habano seed binder from Honduras, and fillers from Nicaragua and Florida. Uh, yeah. Wait, so, back back up. Say that again? Uh, Why is it called a Florida Sun Grown? Well, you know, <laughs> I was just thinking the exact same thing. It doesn't have any, no Florida parts on it. <laughs> just, just part, the only Florida part is a portion of the filler. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know if all of this is grown under the Florida sun, maybe that's, but yeah, I mean, they're calling Brazilian Riper, the Bonofi Binder, uh, and Nicaraguan and Florida Binders. So you get just a smidge of Florida. Interesting. Well, at least with the Connecticut sun growns, you know they're grown in Connecticut. <laughs> and, ooh, these are going to be fucking expensive. Uh, 5x54, 1150 Ooh. 6x52, 13 Bellicoso. 6.5x54 uh, for $14, and a 6x60 for $15. I believe they overpriced the fuck out of those. That's like Liga Pravada prices. Yeah. yeah seriously. Does that mean the cigar is going to be really tan and pretentious and annoying? I think so. It's going to own a golf cart some in, in, off the beach. And come yeah, in the blonde wrapper. Yeah. Center. <laughs> yeah. They drive a Toyota Solara. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also Camacho is getting ready to release the Power Band, which is going to come out in June. It is draped in an Ecuadorian... Habano 2000 wrapper, uh, two Negrito San Andreas binders from Mexico, and five filler tobaccos. Whoa, wow. Three of which are Lajero, so this puppy's going to have a little kick to it. 
That sounds actually pretty intriguing, I'm not going to lie. That's a lot of different tobacco going in there. Uh, further breakdown on the filler is Corojo Lajero from Nicaragua and Honduras, as well as uh, Dominican San Vicente Lajero. Uh, the rest is San Vicente Viso, uh, lower priming of Lajero, or excuse me, lower priming than Lajero, and the... Uh, Palato Cubano from the Dominican Republic. So good lord, that's a fucking tongue twister just trying to get that shit out. It's um, I believe there are a few other cigars out there with really complex filler blends like that, and I want to say that the Alec Bradley Black Market has at least three fillers, maybe four. Um, the the worst I ever saw though, I think, was the. Uh, the Drew Estate Natural. Do you guys remember that thing? I remember. Yes. I never had it, but I remember. I think it had ten different tobaccos. That's too it. many. It is too many. Um, people compared the flavor to uh, pipe tobacco, just because I guess for some pipe tobaccos, they, it's kind of like a blended thing that they do. Um, I don't know. It, the Drew Estate Natural never did much for me, but I think it's oversaturated. If you put too many blends, now it's Confusing. It's like a, a dinner plate with too many, you know, too much stuff on it. It's hard to tell what's what. Can you imagine blending like ten different beers together and trying to take a sip of that? I just can't imagine it being good. Well, everyone, yeah. that's that's too much. Yeah. It's impossible to keep up. And our band will launch in three sizes: Robusto, Toro, Gordo. Prices will retail between eleven and thirteen dollars. Should hit shelves by June thirteenth. Now hold this on, hold on again. What's the trend with expensive cigars here? Do you think this is in anticipation for, you know, future market issues, or is this just a coincidence? Camacho, the barrel age was up there, and the uh, shellback was also up there. So Camacho has been pricing in that range for some time now. Okay. Uh, Drew Estate, eh. it's harder to say with them. I mean, they, like you said, that's League of Provado level prices with them. Yeah. It, speaking of League, I got a cool story here. Uh, so I, I sit outside a lot at night and smoke a cigar, and, you know, I've got some neighbors that walk by and wave and say hi and such, but... um. The other night I was out here, and my neighbor from across the street, just he, he drove home in his Jeep. He got out, walked across the street, and handed me a, a Liga Pravada that he had just bought from one of the cigar shops here. And, uh, yeah, he said, neighbors. Uh, yeah, well, he said, he said this is one I've, I've tried and liked, so here you go. And uh, he walked away, so I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Well, you need to fess up there, Kurt. You know it's simply that the wife kicked you out of the house again. I've I've actually been sleeping on my front porch for about two months. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to out you like that, but you know it, it's time for it to come out. Yeah, I guess she doesn't find my um, my dad jokes funny anymore. This power band uh, cigars. This is it's inspired by the power of a V twin motorcycle engine. That, that's what they say. CAO flathead based on the engine block and all that. Is that kind of what they're going for? Well, Flathead was CAO. Right. But uh, that's the, you know, the engine block. He's comparing and contrasting, Kirk. For God's sake, let the man talk. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 
I just don't like people mentioning the CAO flatheads because I think they're the worst cigar I've ever had, possibly. They're not good. Well, now, one of those, the 554, I actually like. Me and Kirk smoked, I believe it was the, the 642 at the same time, and it was both uh, uh, all thumbs down across the board. Yeah. Really? Was that the one with the red band or the blue? I forget. The uh, red. I believe red, yeah. Red. Okay. Yeah, that one has the red. The blue's the 554, and then the black was the 660. Yeah, it was, right. it was, it was straight up garbage. Because you pay a premium for it, don't you? Mm, I don't think this. I don't think the flatheads were that bad. No, they were about typical CAO prices. That's a shame. So, um, with 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 the tobacco, or excuse me, the cigar industry possibly getting turned on its head, uh, you know, maybe later this year. Um, what are you guys doing to? prepare like honestly like I don't want to be one of those like doomsday preppers but I kind of feel like I should go buy a, uh, a cabinet humidor and just just tell my wife this has to happen I need I need you know two thousand dollars to invest in my hobby and then go load up see what happens well senior can attest to the fact that I have an obscene amount of cigars anyway do you have a do you have a lifetime worth? Because that that's what well might be what it takes. Won't we'll ever have that. I, I, with what I have now, I, I could not buy cigars for two years. I'll put it at least I'll take it out that far. Uh, well, he's not taking into consideration the ones I'm going to sneak over to his boat and smoke next month. <laughs> well, the problem is they're always with me. <laughs> they're all in travel humidors. He's bigger than you. He can take you down. <laughs> but honestly, I, I'm of the opinion that, at least for the time being, we need to hoard, uh, especially the stuff we really like. Oh, yeah, that was his first uh, text to me after the FDA came out. He sent me a snapshot of the uh, the news article and said, we need to hoard now. <laughs> Well, especially any blends that have come out since 2007. Like, think of this. This one, this is one we can all connect to. My father, Florida Las Antillas. Oh it, yes. That is on the chopping block when FDA comes out. Oh no. You no, know. But the FDA. Yeah. yeah. The, exactly. Yeah, the FDA could 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 say, nope, we don't like your blend. You I know. T-shirt. I need to order a T-shirt. <laughs> Give me two T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's that. I mean again, I, I it's possible that the FDA will obviously approve the blend because there's no reason not to. But still, I mean, who knows? Maybe for two years, it's hard to get those cigars for some reason. All pending. Yeah, how much does it? God forbid. Yeah, and how much does it drive the price up on that cigar? That's the other thing. Right now, they're $7.50. I mean, that's pretty damn good for a, a quality cigar like that. Go up to be... 17 Exactly. We, we all can't afford Minnesota prices. <laughs> I, I certainly can't. Well, that's why I want the guy from uh, uh, 66 Cigars to email me and tell, him, tell me that he'll, he'll sell me his cigars. Oh, at wholesale yeah, price, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll reach out to uh, what's that? What's that place in Huntsville or Madison? Uh, the cigar room. Yeah. 
maybe they'll maybe they'll give me some good Alabama prices on my online purchases. We'll see. August 9th, we'll just be out in the front doors of every cigar shop we have and just wait. <laughs> just chill. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Wads, wads of cash. Yeah. Just buy everything they have. It's just. I mean, that's a damn shame thing to do, but fuck. It very well be for, at, at this rate. You know, honestly, if I owned my cigar shop still right now, I would be terrified. I would. Be... Yeah. So. If an op- Junior and I were real close to opening one up, and I'm, yes. I'm extremely thankful we didn't go down that road. That would yes. have been a yeah. That investment would have been hurt. Especially being, you know, it's hard enough anyway. But being for any shop right now, or with this coming on, but you take a shop that would have been open less than a year, yeah. uh, it it could have easily been detrimental. You know, able to profit. Another aspect that we haven't discussed yet is potential black market sales of cigars where you look at, okay, so I'm a boutique company. I've been around, I'll just say, since 2008. So I don't meet the grandfather clause, but I've got almost, you know, I've got at least nine years' worth of inventory and nine years' worth of sales. I've got a dedicated client base. um, And the FDA all of a sudden says, hey, you can't sell your stuff until we approve your blend. I might just go ahead and say, okay, whatever, dude, fuck you. And find a, another way to sell my cigars, probably on Facebook or whatever, you know. Um, I wonder if there's going to be a big black market movement. Uh, I don't know. It depends on how strong the cigar owner's, you know, will is or if they're just going to comply and say, well, you know, it is what it is and say la vie, I'll shut down. But I don't know. Uh, I don't there's, know. Anything like there's not going to be any... Uh, say La Vie, I'll shut it down. I mean, there's already a, a Cuban cigar black market in the United States that we all may or may not be familiar with. So I, I, I could really see it becoming a really big black market uh, under the right set of circumstances. You think yeah, Alec Bradley's already started? All right, like 14 people talked at one time right there. So <laughs> let's try that. Back up, try it again. I was going to say, um, so right now, okay, you mentioned Cuban cigars. So if Americans want to buy Cubans, it's not that hard. You just you find a retailer in Canada or in Europe or someone who's willing to ship to you, and that's how you get your Cubans. I wonder if, if this effort here, what if, all, what if we have to buy all of our Rocky Battelles going forward? What if we have to buy them all through a different country? Or what if Rocky Battelle goes back to back to Honduras or Nicaragua, either one of their factories, and maybe they just sell cigars from there. And we just buy directly from Nicaragua. So it's going right from the factory to our door. And now the FDA does not have... I mean, it's not a sanctioned sale, um, but now the FDA wouldn't have control. You mean basically the shops would just move, you know, basically just shut down from here and just open new ones up in these other countries where the FDA does not have jurisdiction. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the FDA rules only apply to cigars sold, well, at brick and mortars right now. Is it the U.S. and Canada? Or is it just U.S.? I think it's just U.S. Yeah, the FDA doesn't have anything to do with Canada. Uh, granted, Canada prices are a lot higher than here, so that's not a great option, but I mean, it is an mm. option. It's true. But, uh, Dominican or Nicaragua would be the best bet because, you know, take for instance eBay, some of the stuff that you buy out there that comes out of China or wherever, but also you 
can occasionally purchase cigars on eBay. Hmm. But the way that. the way they get around it and the way they're wording it is, for instance, you're buying it's usually a a gift pack or something that has a uh, a three finger leather sleeve or something like that, and they say it comes with three bands. Well, it does. Three bands that are wrapped around three cigars. Interesting. And that hmm. way they can get a, they. That's their way of going through the loophole on eBay's policy about selling tobacco products. So I think I think more things like that are going to be prevalent in a post FDA ruling uh, industry. You know, I mean, not not to say that it's going to be easy for us cigar guys or as easy as it is now, but I think we might have options. You know. I, I just don't think that the industry is going to go away overnight, and we're definitely not going to go down without some sort of effort or fight to try to stay alive. The way the FDA plays with words, the industry is going to end up being clever and play with their own words, say, well, we technically met your stupid little demand, and we said what we're going to do. It's just different to still get, still get it out there, just word it differently. Yep. That's a good point. Look back to your black market. Alec Bradley already started that. Oh, Alec! Alec Bradley, say, come on, at least a chuckle or something. Damn. The the, the Alec Bradley black market cigar has been around. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I got it. I was just slow. I was Damn. slow. Joke. Come imagine that Kirk was slow. What? <laughs> yeah. I, you know what's funny? Okay, you guys will laugh at this. So uh, you know, Southerners kind of speak slowly. Uh. I speak quickly, but I think I think I've always been outwitted by Southerners. I don't know. You guys just always have a little answer for everything. Where I have to think about it. Uh, actually, we're just all smart asses. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I'm too much of a gentleman. I have to I have to pick my words to uh, pick my words uh, carefully. Yeah. But I am considering. I am I'm honestly considering. So I've got my frigidaire. I'm gonna finish it up here. This summer, for sure, and uh, once it's done, I might, um, you know, have a, a serious conversation with my wife about what's going on with the FDA and how my hobby could be at serious risk, and the importance for me to fill my thousand count cigar with cigars and see, or, uh, thousand count humidor with cigars, and see what she says. As soon as you're done with that conversation, will you log into our podcast and tell us how it went? Yeah, yeah, I'll probably be logging in from a hotel somewhere. Cause I was going to say, <laughs> gonna gonna say well, you, you have a doghouse? What? <laughs> you can log in from the lawyer's office when, while you're filing papers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let us know how that goes. Mm. But it's unfortunate well, that you have to take these measures, but it's, it's very possible you have to do this. Yeah. I just I can't I cannot imagine the sound I'm not trying to be dramatic but I cannot imagine my life without cigars. You know, they are uh I'm not out here every night. I'm maybe out here once a week, but it's still very important to me and could could you, you know, imagine your life without a Dyson? I also <laughs> could not imagine my life without a Dyson. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean the the camaraderie I, I still feel with people when I when I smoke a cigar with them is just it means so much to me that the the thought of that going away altogether is just I I, I can't handle it. 
You shouldn't have to. I mean, it's a, it's a natural, legal product to enjoy, and it shouldn't be under this type of scrutiny and and punishment for just enjoying something that you want to do. Like, I don't... It's just... It's terrible. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a consenting adult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, excellent episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening wherever you may be. Find the petition uh, link on our Twitter at Cigar Tipster. So check that out. And anybody got any parting words they want to entail to the audience? Uh, I was just going to ask you, Junior, uh, how many Xanax have you taken tonight? Four. I mean, you sound you sound like you're he, he does sound a little mellowed out tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've had a very long week. I was half asleep when we started this thing, and I've just been... <laughs> oh, and we put him the rest of the way. <laughs> I just, I'm, picturing, I'm picturing you laying on your back with your eyes closed, just talking. <laughs> you're actually not terribly far off. <laughs> if you, uh, I'm sitting like halfway up with a laptop in my lap and a headset on. Nice. Uh, naked in a beanbag chair eating Cheetos. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that's great. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this has been the Cigar Tipsters Show. Uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye. This has been a Cigar Tipsters production. <laughs>